Welcome to Set for Life with Pastor Ray Jensen. You can find us at setforliferadio.com. Romans 10.9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. So let's listen from God's Word, verse by verse, on how we can prepare for the coming of the Lord and Messiah Jesus, who died on the cross, so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life if you give your heart and believe what He's done for you. You'll be set for life with the treasure stored up in heaven when you're through. You'll be set for life. You'll be set no change. No salvation. Salvation will change you. But what does it change? And how does that change affect us? We're talking about the three parts of man. Part of you is going to change. Several parts of you are going to change. And here's why we're going through the three parts of man, so we can understand what happens. Ephesians 1.13, In Him, talking about Jesus, In Him you also trusted, after you heard the word of truth the gospel of your salvation, in whom also having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Okay, the moment you believe in the gospel, the Holy Spirit indwells you, he seals you. And that's interesting to think of. He seals you. That means he's going to keep you. You know, I've got a peach tree in my backyard. And when I moved into my house a number of years ago, I happened to bring in groceries and I had a can of peaches in the pantry. (laughs) And the peaches stayed in the pantry for many years. Now, when my peach tree would put on peaches, uh, by the end of the day, I'd come home from work and a lot of peaches had fallen on the ground and they stayed there on the ground for the day. Well, the birds got to some of them and worms got in some of them. I'd go picking up the ones that I could get. Now, if I didn't eat those peaches rather soon, they would start to rot. And this was the way it was all season for years and years. But those peaches in the in the pantry stayed sealed in that can. And after many, many, many years, I decided, reached way in the back of my pantry, oh, what's this? Oh, that's that can of peaches I've had forever. I might as well eat them. So I opened it up. I broke the seal. And guess what? Those peaches were in there after all these years. They were perfectly preserved, kept from rot so that I could eat them. Now, the Holy Spirit, Ephesians 1.13, it says, He seals you. You were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. And so we're kept until the purchased possession of God, those that God has bought, until He can He comes and takes us or until we go home. You're kept. You're 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 kept from degradation, from rot, basically. And but what part are you? What part of you? Your body? Well, no. <laughs> That's obviously not going to happen because we know our body degrades and eventually lays down one day and never gets back up again. So the moment you believe in the gospel, the Holy Spirit indwells you, but which part of you does he indwell? Does he indwell your spirit, your soul, or your body? Jesus talked about this in John 3 and 6. He says, that which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. Guys, to be saved and dwelled by the Holy Spirit means you must be born again. That means your inner man that was dead is regenerated again, 
from a dead spirit to a living spirit. And that's where the Holy Spirit indwells you. When I got saved, this same old body that I have now stayed exactly like it was. I've got scars on my body. I've got things wrong. Well, when I got saved, I still had those scars and I still have things wrong with it. That didn't change. I didn't get a new body. I got a new spirit. Now, even Nicodemus, when he was talking to Jesus about this, he didn't understand when Jesus talked to him about being born again that he was talking about, that Jesus was talking about spirit. Nicodemus was only thinking of a flesh rebirth, which is impossible. But it is possible for your inner man to be born again. Your body can't be, but your inner man can be born again when the Holy Spirit indwells and seals your spirit. And so obviously, a lot of changes are going to start happening once the Holy Spirit comes in to take up residence with you. And once he takes residence with you, you're sealed. He's promising you. And it's awesome when you think about it that the Holy Spirit indwells your spirit. You know, you ever have a cup of coffee here in a cup and a little container of cream? They are two separate things. But when you pour the cream in the coffee and you stir it up, the coffee and the cream become one. They become one thing, never to be separated ever again. That's like you with the Holy Spirit and your inner man being. The Holy Spirit comes in to take up residence with you and you become one. You dwell together in absolutely close, intimate relationship. Nobody could ever get as intimate with you as that, as the Holy Spirit can. No one, not even your spouse, can get that intimate with you as what God desires of you. Romans 8 and 16 says the Spirit himself, isn't that awesome? God didn't contract us out. (laughs) The Spirit himself, God did it, bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. The Spirit bears witness with ours, with our spirit, with us. That's how close. The Holy Spirit moves in to live with us. I've got a couple of friends that recently bought a new house, and I went by to go see it. And I noticed that the first thing they did when they got into the house is they started making some changes, a change in a few things. They were down on their hands and knees, and they were working to replace the flooring. And recently, they have had moved in more and more of their things. They brought some of their possessions into this new residence. And so basically, what was once an empty house with no pictures on the wall, no furniture, uh, old flooring that they wanted pulled up and replaced, and it had nothing in it. And they come in and started making changes. But now that they started making changes and started bringing in their furniture, their pictures, their colors, their draperies, and the things that they like, things of them, that house has now started to take on the character traits of my two friends that bought it as they bring in more of their own possessions. The house has been changed by them to make it into a good residence. John fourteen twenty six says, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. When he indwells you upon your belief in the gospel, he comes in and he get he moves in and he brings things of himself. When the Lord buys a new house, 
and he moves into that new believer. And guys, while we're here, I want you to understand when the Lord bought you, he paid a very, very, very expensive, astronomically high price to buy you. We may never know how much we cost. We are prime real estate for the Holy Spirit to want to move in us and for Jesus to pay as big a price as he paid and for God to send him to go do it. You are prime real estate. Amen. (laughs) I hope your spirits, spirits are being lifted. Okay. But when the Lord buys a new house and he moves into that new believer and he brings in his own possessions, parts of his character, and he makes changes in the residence so that it will be a good place to live. The text that we just read says that the Holy Spirit will teach you. He will teach you. That's change. Teaching people, that's to change them. So they can learn things and they can exercise new knowledge to make things, different things happen. That's change. And he will bring things to your remembrance. He brings in things of his own possession. That will cause a change in you. Remember, no change, no salvation. When you really get the Holy Spirit, he will change you. Now, in this passage, Jesus explained to the disciples what kind of change was going to happen to them so that they would understand how to conduct themselves. Because they were asking questions. He says, hey, the Holy Spirit that the Father's sending, he'll bring to your remembrance the things that I said to you. And then you do do that, and you'll be okay. And then you can pronounce the gospel. He's telling them what changes are going to happen so they can move forward. And that's my goal today, is to teach you of the changes that are going to happen so you know how to go forward in walking with Christ. And so now that you know what the three parts of man are, the body, the spirit, and the soul, let's see if we can determine which parts are listed in John 14, 26. He talks about the Holy Spirit being sent. Okay, so that's our spirit element being mentioned there. But then he says that the Holy Spirit will bring to your remembrance. Bring to your remembrance. What part of the three parts of man is brought to your remembrance? What is that? That is the mind, the soul. But Jesus did not say, it's important to know what he said, but it's important to know what he did not say also. He, Jesus did not say that the Spirit would do anything to their body. Why? Why doesn't the Spirit indwell the body? Well, because he wants to indwell the heart. He's going to indwell the part where God looks. Two reasons why he did not indwell the body. Because the body can't be reborn. That's one thing. And also because God leaves it up to us on how to put the body into submission. God wants your obedience. And so when he wants your obedience, then you are therefore required to put the body into submission. Let me go through that. Romans 7 verse 25 says, So then with the mind I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh the law of sin. And so this right here is where our constant battle comes into play. You all know about that battle. The Holy Spirit brings teaching to our mind while the body wages war on the mind. And there is the cause of every believer's inner war. Uh, We have this constant battle that goes back and forth all the time. Should I do this and should I do that? And one day you're just fine, but another day you're beat down to nothing. You ever been like that? One day you're feeling great. Let's go conquer everything. (laughs) Let's go do it. And one day you feel like you're so worthless you can't even get out of bed. 
that's a battle we go through left and right, up and down. We're all over the place. But what determines this? Why? Why do we do this? It depends on which one you're listening to that day. Are you listening to the flesh that is warring on your mind? Or are you listening to the Holy Spirit in your inner man? Who are you listening to? We sometimes listen to both, and we should not do that. You should listen to one and one only. There is a biblical way on how to do this right. But one thing about your flesh is that it is never quiet. Yet You notice how the world is? It, the world screams and yells and hollers, mine, 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 do it my way. Well, that's because that's the sin nature. The sin nature does this. It screams and it hollers, my way. Remember, James said, where do all the fights and wars come from? They come from your flesh, from your members. And so if the carnal mind is controlled by the influence of the flesh, if you are listening and paying attention in your mind to make decisions based on what the flesh wants you to do, and remember, the flesh creates this enmity with God, the, the noisy and the hostile, okay? So if the sin nature is noisy and hollering and angry and upset and do it my way, then wouldn't you expect the Holy Spirit's to be pretty much exactly the opposite? Not loud, not noisy, not angry and chaotic and, and warring against the mind like we read. The Holy Spirit would be the other way around. So here's how you switch from listening to the noisy flesh to listening to the Holy Spirit. Psalm 46 and 10 says, Be still and know that I am God. Be still. Hey, guys, be still. You get freaking out and everything's going crazy. Oh, I don't know what to do. Be still and know that he is God. That's hard for us to do, isn't it? That's how you throw the switch. The reason that so many people are defeated today and have no peace is because they are listening to the war-mongering flesh. But if you'll just be still and know that he is God, Flip that switch from flesh to spirit and listen there. Then you will experience clarity, comfort, and peace. Now, throwing this switch, it's like being at a football game. Okay, the crowd's cheering. There's all this noise, and something happened that they made a touchdown, and I was in a big game one time, and all the noise was going on, and a little kid pulled on my on my hand, and I you know, the crowd was making all the noise. You can barely hear hear the kid, but you felt their tug. And so you duck down from the crowd to get closer to them so that you can focus all your attention only on them to hear what they're saying, even though you're in the middle of a noisy crowd. So this kid pulls on my uh, hand and I reach down and said, yeah, what? And we're at a football game. Okay. And the kid goes, did, did somebody just make a home run? <laughs> we're at a football game. Not baseball, but the kid didn't know that. But in the middle of the racket and all the chaos and the, all the, you know, some people were mad and some people were excited. I had this little tug of this little kid and I had to tune the crowd out and I had to get closer and closer to that child to hear their quiet voice. Did did somebody make a, a home run? You know, and it was funny. I'm I'm glad that was funny because it made me remember it so I could give it to you as an example here. But that's how we have to be with the Holy Spirit. 
we have to be like this with the Holy Spirit. We should always be attentive to the tug of the Holy Spirit and learn to tune out the chaotic noise of the flesh to focus our attention on hearing the Lord. Be still and know that I am God. Guys, we got to learn to do this. We really need to learn to make that switch. Deuteronomy 4 and 29 says, Seek the Lord your God, and you will find him if, (laughs) big old if right there, if you seek him with all your heart and with all your soul. Now, which of the three parts is not in this verse? The body. The body, the flesh is not listed here. It does not say, seek the Lord, and you'll find him if you seek with all your body. It says, seek the Lord, you're going to find him if you do it with your heart and your soul. That means with your heart, the Holy Spirit indwelling you saying, hey, here's how we're going to seek for the Lord, and your mind hears the Holy Spirit, and you make a decision, okay, Holy Spirit, let's go do that. That's the reason it says like that. The body's not going to do it. We have to get ourselves still and go into prayer in our inner man with the Holy Spirit of God. Holy Spirit of God, what have you got for me today? And we have to realize that being in silence and prayer with the Lord, that's where the peace is. That's where the chaos stops. Now, most people are stuck in chaos mode because they are distracted by the flesh, and they'll never sense the Lord's presence in their lives. It's very sad. And there's even Christians. It takes them literally hours to get into the presence of the Lord to where they can sense his presence because they lack the spiritual focus to do it. They're constantly distracted all the time. They're always getting distracted by the body. Right when they start getting close to to paying attention inwardly, the, the body spikes up another war and launches another attack, and bam, they're distracted all over again. They're too distracted by the flesh to spend time and silent, still prayer with God. We need to learn how to retreat within ourselves down into the inner man to have fellowship with the Lord. Galatians 5.16 says, I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh, for the flesh lusts against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Wow. You remember the law. Let me just boil it down for you. The law. God's law says, basically, if you sin, you die. (laughs) And that was all our problem. For all sin falls short, and sin came to all of us. Therefore, death came through sin. God's law says, if you sin, you die. That's how strict it is. And that's why the Galatians verse says, walk by the Spirit. Walk by the Spirit so that you'll be under grace which saves, not under law that condemns. All the people out there that think that God is just condemn, 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 you don't understand grace. You need to understand grace because that saves. God is not sitting up there with lightning bolts in his hands ready to chop you to pieces over every little minute thing you do wrong. 
The law does that, but he also sent grace. Remember, he loves you so much, he sent Jesus Christ to save you so that you can be under grace. But there's too many people, they want the blessings of God, but they refuse to walk in grace. They want to stay under the law. They will not walk according to the Spirit. They continually walk according to the flesh. This is backwards. But if you are truly, really, saved, if you really truly believed in the gospel, like most people claim they do, then you would not want to walk according to the flesh anymore. You won't even want to do it. There's so many people, oh, I'm saved, I'm saved, and they live like the devil. Um, I'm sorry, guys, I do not buy it. I just don't. If you're really saved and you truly believe in the gospel and gave your life, that change will come in. The Holy Spirit will take up residence. He'll start making changes to make it a good residence that he wants to live in. He'll bring some of his own possessions and his own character, and you will not want to walk according to the flesh anymore. You won't want it. All that stuff that will have no meaning like it used to, the, the things you used to do in the flesh, because the Holy Spirit will have changed you if he truly indwells your inner man. A real believer is given Holy Spirit discernment. Discernment means the ability to tell what is right from wrong. You notice how everybody today is arguing about what's right and what's wrong. We're all going to fight about it. Well, what's right to you may not be right to me. No, there is a true right and wrong. And the Holy Spirit tells us what is and what ain't. 1 Corinthians 2.14 says, But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. Okay, again, everybody argues what's right and wrong. The, d- the debate is always over who is really right. The Holy Spirit is who's right. And he is the one who will come and tell us what true righteousness actually is. But remember, The world hates those who are in Christ. If you're in Christ and you've received Jesus, you get the Holy Spirit involved in your intimacy of your core being. He indwells taking residence in your spirit. The world is going to hate you. He's going to hate you, and you're going to have people come and attack you you to uh, to debate you over what's really right and wrong. How does a Christian deal with all the arguments that try to attack our walk with God? Because they're going to do it. How do you deal with this? 2 Corinthians 10 and 3 says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God, for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, underline that if you're reading with me, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. Wow. Okay. Whew. That, 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 that's exciting. Uh, let me catch my breath because that, guys, if the Bible doesn't excite you, you're not reading it. Okay. <laughs> this is telling you how to live in victory. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. It means our weapons that we fight with, they're not physical. Our weapons are spiritual. Our weapons are spiritual. And so pray about it. Pray. That's like one of the best weapons you got. And it comes from the victory that Christ already won for us. 
you for listening to Set for Life. We hope you can join us next time, unless Jesus returns for us first. Set for Life is the radio ministry of Pastor Ray Jensen. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast at setforliferadio.com. Hi, this is Ray Jensen. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to encourage you in God's Word. If the Bible doesn't excite you, then you're not reading it. I want you to remember that you are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life.